I'm Sam. And I'm Adam. And you're listening to the much-hyped PM Metal Guide Podcast episode 16, where we talk about Coma Ecliptic by Between the Buried We've been waiting for it, and finally, it's here. Adam finally listened to Coma Ecliptic and has (laughs) thoughts on it. We're ready. We're ready. But before we talk about this, we're going to talk about what we've been listening to this week. Whoa! January, the best time of the year for new music. Hey, I actually have a surprising amount of good new releases that I'd like to discuss this week. Well, that's because you're nuts. True. I mean, I don't know. I've been listening to mostly old stuff because nothing comes out. Um, So, let's see. Um, I'll start off yeah, with a non-metal pick off. before talking about exclusively metal, because my topster is very misleading this week. Me too. Um, so I will mention uh, Tyler the Creator's album Wolf. Whoa! That's now a throwback pick. I know 2013. So uh, literally everyone I know in in college likes Tyler the Creator, no matter where they are on the musical spectrum, mm-hmm. and it's a very popular thing for a. Uh, art people in college should be like oh my god dude i love tyler so deep and i mean he has a pretty good string of albums um i was like all right i want to listen to his mid-period where he's in between like the you know avant-garde yeah. hip-hop and like the more aggressive style of his first two albums so i listened to wolf which came out in 2013 and uh, it's a very interesting album because it really is like a perfect blend of like the aggressive style of bastard and goblin and then the more experimental style mm. of like um flower boy and igor and i've actually never listened to a tyler album before this like in full i've listened to igor like once except i barely remember it because it was a while ago sure. and uh i don't know i was impressed like he has a real ear for production and creating like really interesting beats sure um and his you know a lot has been written about his personality and <laughs> oh, yeah. the things he raps about in his first uh, few records but uh, i don't know i like it i enjoyed it a lot more like indie like almost king cruel stuff than you'd expect hmm. it's a little bloated there are definitely some great songs though like tamale into um gosh whatever the last song is, is really solid and there are just a lot of really cool musical moments throughout hey i believe it um yeah, no, i haven't listened surprised. to wolf but um from what i know i mean tyler doesn't really miss often um and but this is from his early period where he was like i kill women and i yeah <laughs> burn uh f word yeah some of the lyrics are not um well i don't know it, it's interesting well, I mean, he's just being edgy for edgy's sake yeah because i don't know i think he he definitely embraces it in a way that is um I think he's Subversive. I think he's put his career in a very good spot where he can do something like that and get away with it. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely interesting and uh I don't know, it just made me get a little existential and think like if we were if we were like 5 years younger, we probably would have been super into Odd Future when they blew up. Yeah, that's probably Cuz right. like we just like Odd Future were, were hecking indie darlings. Like everyone and their mother were a fan of a was a fan of that second mixtape. And yep. then you have you know Earls from Odd Future, Frank's from Odd Future, Tyler's from Odd Future, and then a few other you know got let underground legends. Yeah. And it, if we were a little bit younger, we probably would have been all over that. It's sort of weird to think that our generation, you know, the the uh, I guess the older Gen Zs just missed out on it. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. But I digress. How about you? Well. Um, the one album that 
I uh, that I really want to. Well, there's a few records that I want to talk about. Um, that I've mostly been listening to of new stuff. Obviously, I've been ripping the Doom catalog ad nauseum as we all have. Bro, F in the chat. Literally big, still big F. I think Rhinestone Cowboy is like one of my favorite songs oh, ever. It sounds so good, dude. Um, but. You know what I listened to the other day, and it is on my topster. And I, <gasps> whoa, whoa! Oh, never mind, never mind. Continue. Um, I watched. I listened to "I Will Guide Thy Hand" the other day. Again, I will oh guide my, thy hand. We underrated that album. Should have been higher. Should have been Dude, way higher. You always say this. Like I like that album. I don't think it's a ten. It's pretty I, generic metalcore emo, except it's written well. Okay, it's, it, yeah, it's written very, very well. I don't know. I think that there's definitely. Obviously, we were we were in baby back in 2019. Even still, not not really, dude. We we listen to a lot of music. Oh, well, I know, but like, if you take a look at that list, like, don't tell me there's nothing you wouldn't have changed. There's there's stuff I would. Yeah, I mean, hundred gex were number one. It, right, of course. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a lot that I would have changed on the list, and I think that if oh, I also, been can able... we talk about? Can we talk about? Actually, I guess this is more of a news thing. But holy shit, dude! 100 Gex are just mainstream now. Yeah. Like the the fucking Lincoln Park remix. Okay, that remix is awesome, though. I've said, I'll I'll post a I'll just read a screenshot of what I said um, to one of our other friends. Uh. Our, our wonderful ambient friend that we will be just maybe having in the show soon. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, but I basically said to him, like, it didn't need to be made, but it exists. And it's exactly what I would have expected them to yeah, do. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So. Hearing, like, Laura Les do the shut up when you're talking to me is so awesome. I love it. <laughs> it's Anywho, I'm sorry. That no, was very off topic. It's kooky. But it's strange. But yeah, um, I love it. But yes, we have hundred gigs are just the mainstream now. Dude. It's nuts. We've underrated so a lot people. of records, and that was definitely one of them. In addition to that old album, um, but I do want to talk oh, about also, some new uh, stuff. Abigail Williams, when you get the Fen, Firelink, uh, Dysrhythmia. Yeah, exactly. There, like, I, there's, I a there's a ton of stuff. There's a ton of stuff. Sorry, uh, you can actually talk about what you're going to talk about. Now well, I have I have a bunch of records. So if there's anything you want to talk about first. Do it, and then we can jump into new, new stuff. Because I okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'll. Uh, so at the start of January, I went on um, Metalum and then just put all of the uh, um, the metal subgenres in a random RNG, and then just rolled to mm-hmm. see like which top rate your music albums. I just listened to the top fifty of sure, and I landed on black metal. Thank Christ, because if I hit <laughs> like power metal, I I wouldn't be here right yeah, now. I'd be, be dead alive. already. Um, but I hit power, uh, black metal, and so I've just been listening to nothing but like '90s classic BM records, and I feel like such a pleb when it comes to this stuff. Well, not anymore. Hopefully. I <laughs> well, I mean, if you go on RYM, like it goes: Philosophem, uh, Storm of the Lights, Bane, Nightshade Eclipse, Ashes Against the Grain, Anthems to the Welkin, and like exactly what you'd expect. Yeah. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the ones I haven't listened to yet because I mean I've spent a lot of time with a lot of these albums. Sure. Um, but I, I guess the overarching thing is that when people say nineties black metals formulaic, I get it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, it is like even, a like there, there are pretty clear differences between a lot of these to the, uh, esteemed black metal ear, mm. but oh my God, they're just a, 
they're very it's very much like all right you got your blast beats you got your quill you got your lo-fi production and every song's seven minutes there's some melody maybe a clean section and that's every song i'm sure the further you get down the rabbit hole the more and more similarities you begin to see so i'll just say a few words about the ones that i hadn't listened to before uh storm of the lights bane by dissection Amazing, oh my amazing god, album. that record's so good, dude! Holy shit, I feel like such a normie for not listening to that before. No, it's that, but, uh, that album's amazing. Yeah, and um, I, this is this might come as surprising, but I'd never listened to Ulver's debut, Burktot. I think I've listened to it like once. And uh, but... turns out, early Ulver's amazing. <laughs> it's really good. Like that has a lot of pagan influence. Really impressed. Um, let's see. You got at the heart of winter, which. I'm surprised it was the highest rated Immortal album. But uh, I don't know it's Immortal. immortal it's just, it's but. like, like picture in your mind, like what Immortal sounds like. Just think like Tyrants, except over seven minutes. And it's every song is that. Yeah. Um, really good. Once again, like they don't miss. Uh, I listened to <laughs> this. Is, Did you dude, listen to Dead like, as Dreams? Yeah, I listened to Dead as Dreams. Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, that was an experience. That one yeah. was was pretty like I mean we have pretty high like heaviness tolerance and yeah, that no. album was that's hard was absolutely nuts. It's hard. I really enjoyed it though. I actually played it on my show this week. Oh, there you go. In full because I was like, all right, I gotta kill some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. I listened to to Bathory's uh, Bloodfire Death for the first time, and not for me. Yeah. Like, Corthon, your god, you know, R.I.P., Bathory, Goat, but wow, I do not like, I do not like the melodic side of Bathory. Um, let's see, Paracletus, I ha- I listened to again just because I hadn't given it that much time, and, you know, it's it's amazing, really is. Um, <laughs> and the last album I'll highlight under um, Black Metal is um, Mother Hecking. Uh, very Sakit by Moon Sorrow, which I was kind of surprised to be in in here, but very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, good record. Yeah, like like in Slate, like think like Winter Sun, but not shit. All right, I'll and take I, it. I really, Sign me yeah, up. so uh, I don't know. I've just been gaming a lot. I'm playing Sonic Unleashed. Don't ask why. <laughs> I hundred percented uh, Celeste this week, and I've just been listening to Black Metal doing that. So there you go. I like it. It's a great genre. I love it. It is a great genre. It's interesting to like go back to its roots and then listening to like a band like I don't know White Ward and mm. see how far like certain uh, groups have taken the sound. Sure. All but right. Now that that tangent's over, so I got a few. I got a few bums I'd like to discuss um, about. We're, I'll talk about the bigger ones first. Um, New Mers Bow came out last week. Um, yep. Muko Modulator, uh, or Moko Modulator. I don't know how to say it. Muko Modulator. Does it sound like every verse or every Mersbow album? I mean, I enjoyed it. What? So that's it. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's any different than Mersbow has. There was actually the second song, there's two songs. One and two. <laughs> you know, classic. Um, Typical. Mer- but Muko Modulator 2 has. Um, a rhythm? Nani Deska? So, I don't know. You know, there is a, there is a droning beat, I guess, um, to a certain extent. So, 
Uh, I don't know. Check it out. Obviously, it's Mervel. Um, you know what you're getting into, but it's, <laughs> it's out there. Um, the other one, which is still not big, but definitely worth um, noting, is uh, Sperm, who I don't know if I've actually... Sperm? Sperm. S-V-R-M. <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about them on the show. They had an album last year that was pretty good. It came out in January. This one also came out in January. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It's in Ukrainian or Russian. I can't tell. Um, but new album from Sperm. Very solid. Short form black metal. Um, just like their stuff from last year. Uh, how's Islet? How's what? Islet? How's the Islet? Yeah, because Stereogum put it as the best album of the week. And, you know, they, they can do no wrong. You know, I listened to it in a car. And I don't know if this had any you know part i don't know if it changed anything about it but i wasn't fully into it i thought that i i I went in expecting like blackened screamo but i did not get that um it's a screamo album but it definitely it likes to pace itself and take its time and build up over the course of a couple songs um, mm-hmm. to, you know, have big climaxes and stuff. So I got to give it a, a few more listens, but, um, you know, I did listen to it and it was pretty interesting. Um, however, there are two other black metal records that I want to, or actually they're EPs. Um, Wait, but, black metal is a prolific genre. I don't <laughs> buy it, man. Um, there's, uh, a Russian one piece group called Nyot. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, but they put out, uh, an EP, on the first that came out. Um, and it's called Gardens of... It, it's the name of a George R. R. Martin book. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's about that, but... what What is it? Dreams of Spring. Um, Dreams of Spring. Yeah, no, actually, I saw this one get featured. Um, I think yeah. one of my uh, IRL friends was like, yo, Sam, you, you check out this new I Jackson actually, I, I saw it. it. It didn't come up in any publications. I saw it on Reddit. Of all places, on the Reddit Black on Metal. Shred it? No, on on, oh. on Reddit Black Metal. Um, yeah, I never, I never venture into the subgenre. I'm um, not even pages. see. I'm sub to all the subgenres. I'm not <laughs> sub to Shred. Um, Dude, what Shred's great? Come on. I just don't even use Reddit, but it popped up on my phone. So, but anyway, great album. Really angular. Very interesting uses of um, pace and time on. Here. Very interesting instrumentation at some points, too. Um, they dropped an album last year that obviously no one talked about. I think they dropped, like, three EPs and two albums, in, or an album in the span of, like, a month or whatever. Stupid black metal things. Um, but Man, it, we gotta be more prolific. We just yeah. gotta start making black metal, Literally. dropping an album every other week. Um, but that one, that one definitely I would take a listen to if you haven't. And then the other EP that came out is by a uh, another one piece from Cincinnati, um, called Ogazawara, and they dropped a self-titled EP that's um, pretty, pretty heckin' good. It's like if you took Vengeful Spirit's folk elements out and then left all the just, like, <laughs> fucking driving black metal in there. The driving epic black metal, I guess, in there. Gosh. You ever think about how, like, if a, a TRVE, like, metalhead, like, one of the, uh, like, Stereogum guys listen to us, and, you know, when they cite, like, oh, it's like if you took this band's elements out, they cite, like, an OG band. Yeah. We cite, we we cite, cite Vengeful these, Spirit because it's what we know. Isn't that, I think that's so funny. It's interesting, um, but you know what? For now, it works. At least it works for us. 
Because now you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. Wow. Actually, I have a, I have a not not hot take, but I do want to give my my official opinion on Taylor Swift's Evermore. All right. But we can end with that. All right. That's that's fine. That's that is all right. The other two, there's there's two full lengths and another EP that I want to talk about. I can't believe you actually listened to music in the first week of January. I did, dude. Dude, there's a lot. I, I actually had to wait, like, a week for, like, most of it to churn out and, like, get publicized and all that. But, you know, here we are. Um, I've also... This is technical, but the way I get sources has changed. Um, oh, my God. So there is an up, there's an update on the way I get more music. But anyway... Um, Celestial Swarms debut EP, or not debut EP, debut LP came out, um, this past week, I think on the 8th, or on the 4th, uh, independently, there, um, I don't know any of these bands, but all three of the members, um, are in, like, ten bands. (laughs) Somehow I am not surprised. You shouldn't be surprised, and this thing goes hard. Um, and if you like, if you like your, your gurgle vocals... Oh man, they're here. Um, but the it, almighty burp. Yeah, the almighty burp. But it's all it's it, it weaves back and forth between its you know two genres very well, um, and is able to hold my own. But the lyrics are kind of dumb. Obviously, they have a they have a sci-fi theme, so just be aware for tracks with names like, um, you know, forlorn oblivion, gateways to the necroverse, which is the name of the LP, and like hammer of the demiurge. But anyway, good album, definitely worth um, checking out. It's I, I've I've made a premature topster just so I can organize what I think is like the best so far this year. Um, so it's on there, it's on there. Um, another no, one, your dedication, Adam. Another one is the second album from uh, Experimental One Piece. Have you heard of Anna Pest? Yeah, I have. I've never heard of her. Or them, or that person. I don't. I, I have I no idea. April Hutchins is I, their name. They're they're on um earache PR. Are they? And for those who don't know, earache PR is like one of the biggest like worldwide metal PR firms, and uh, they're one of the. Or I guess as far as college radios concerned they send like the most music out of any of the major um like underground heavy music PR firms. Gotcha. And it like. Every band you could think of that's close to the underground is on it. Okay. Like every band from like Sleep um, to Mystagog are on Earache. Okay, fair enough. But um, anywho, yes, I've I've gotten sent Anapest music through them. Well, new Anapest album came out. You know, man, it's so weird. Um, it's just like Avant Death. Like like a like a good Gorguts album, or a good uh, um, artificial brain album, or a good Peron album. Like it's it's like a top notch Tech Death album. It's 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 weird. Like I don't know. Maybe the Deathcore influence is the only thing that might hold you back. But like you know, like there are Deathcore sections on this fifteen song LP. Jesus. Um, let, me, let me add it. Oh my god. I just went on the band camp and it is indeed a uh, one woman project. Yeah. And it's self-described as an eclectic one girl metal project based in Montreal, Canada. And 
the the picture of her looks like prime e-girl yeah it it's definitely a strange project uh dark arms reach skyward with bone white fingers is the name of the album um and yeah it's i mean i listened to it today and it's it's really solid oh i'll add it um i wouldn't have expected it to be so good but yeah it is um and then finally one of the things that I would really like to talk about is a one song EP because you know we love those around <laughs> um by a blackened doom metal band called Escaping Agartha no that's not right Agartha 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 yeah. I can't speak I can't read English SMH this guy doesn't even know his North Norse mythology literally um they released an uh, an EP called White Nose Syndrome, which, I don't know, you can infer what that means. But, regardless, uh, it's one track, 30 minutes and 3 seconds, and it's blackened drone. In I, where, know, I like, love this band's aesthetic. What? I love this band's aesthetic. Yeah. it's Their album from last year is called Oceanic Womb. I love it. Regardless, I yeah, we I should listen to that album because I really liked I mean this is not the black and doom metal that you're um sort of associating with and the one that, you know, Metalum would advertise. Um this is a this like this is a drone album. Um but the way that I guess the tremolos and subtle guitar inflections add to the, you know, I guess just ambient noise um is pretty unique and it's almost, it's not like Terminal Aggressor 2, which is just, I guess, chaos. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, in, you know, in every piece of it. This is definitely a more collected, um, ambient black metal sort of experience where they're trying to, you know, culminate, obviously, the darkened winds of Winter Forest. Winter. Like, yeah. That's the aesthetic <laughs> they're going for. Um and it really works, uh, I think, on this record. Um, hey, I'll check it out. I think it's pretty engaging. Um, and yeah, it's I mean, it's one track. Definitely. Yeah, it's 30 minutes out of your day. Take a listen to it. Take a listen. <laughs> Take a listen. Take a listen to it. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that is what is in the news. That is the big stuff that I have enjoyed so far this that's year. That's the way the news goes. That is the way the news goes. So, right. so tell us about, what did you think about Evermore? <laughs> Dude. Dude. So, uh, full disclosure, I only listened to this album because uh, someone who I was talking to was like, oh my god, you should totally listen to Taylor Swift. Her new album is amazing. And I was like, alright. <laughs> so I listened to it. And oh my god, dude, I hate this music so much. Like, I don't... The music itself is actually pretty good. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even call this a Taylor Swift album because if you look at, like, all the press surrounding it, it seems like a pretty hard, like, collaboration between... The National, Jack yes. Antonoff, and Bonnie Vare. And, um, like, I mean, those guys are all phenomenal musicians and writers. And then from what the, what I gather, Taylor Swift sort of just wrote the lyrics and the vocal melodies. Um, but the instrumentals are pretty phenomenal. Like, they're all really, they're all really poppy, but there's a lot of subtle builds, a lot of subtle, like, synth, key work, guitar work, a lot of great layering. It sounds immaculate, like, really open, warm production. And uh, musically, it's it's amazing, right? 
Yeah. But uh, holy shit, dude, I cannot help but see this as like a meta. Like, I just see this as like a consumer piece of art. Because well, like. Okay. You, you oh, can say so, so, Sorry. So the whole album story is like Taylor Swift LARPing as like a small town actress that or musician that went to Hollywood and now she's coming back home. Mm-hmm. And like that just fucking kills me like i don't know it's it sort of feels like taylor swift is projecting like the way she views herself as like a goody two shoes who can do no wrong and it's just a girl getting by in the industry when in reality she's had literally the full for like brunt of the entire fucking music industry for the past like 15 years Mm -hmm. and Every aspect of this album just strikes me as like a calculated career move. Because like, let's look at Taylor Swift's career trajectory. She releases Reputation. It 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 underperforms like crazy, right? She releases Lover. It's successful, but there are no hit singles. So Taylor Swift was like, all right, all right, all right. My 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 sheer pop albums aren't weren't. She's not in her queen making phase anymore, where every right. song she releases is gold. So she's like, all right, let's pull it back down, and now I can market to that younger generation and the people that might have lost touch with my sound like an at home a folksy at home album or right or maybe even two because it's quarantine mm-hmm. and it just strikes me as like a calculated career move and the lyrics are, are so fucking cringe dude like uh, it really is yeah. just her larping as like someone in her mind and all the times where she tries to come across as like genuine it just feels forced and i just i honestly don't believe that taylor swift feels emotion the, the way we 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 like normally do like I really don't. I think she's like a very self-important narcissist that sees herself as the protagonist in her own story. And this album just feels like that. Plus like with the meta narrative of like, it just literally being done so that when she releases an album in a year and it's a pop album produced by fucking Max Martin or whatever, and has her collabing with the baby or, I, I, I don't know like that that'll be number one because all like the the people that got into Taylor Swift when they were 15 got back into her when they were 25 and f- just rediscovered her through her folksier side and I just hate it I just hate it it's a really good album musically like it's really competently made but I yeah it just grosses me out the thing I think at least I don't know if this was I don't know if you've listened to folk war I have or to the extent that you have evermore but Folklore to me felt a lot more genuine. Um, Dude, I don't think it does. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't even. Well, maybe I. I don't even think it feels. I don't think it feels genuine. But what I what I do think is that the way that they marketed Evermore, and still the way that they, the way that they, I think for folklore was warranted and deserves sort of the. The, the the aura that it holds, where Evermore just feels like eh, Evermore. It's a it's a sister album to this you know big epic folklore surprise release, but like the, the, album. The, the theming is completely different throughout the entire thing, and the aesthetic is different. And I mean I don't know if that's on te- on purpose or whether I don't know. What I can say, though, is that for me, Folklore brings out a lot more of the vibe that she's trying to describe and I think accurately making with that sort of style of music, the production aesthetic that was on that album. And I don't think it helps that Evermore is relatively clean and, you're right, very well compositionally. I I don't think it it doesn't, it doesn't, in my opinion, fit what she's trying to do. 
I feel you. And I, I think both and these I, albums. Re- I'll play devil's advocate and say, you know, that like, you know, Taylor deserves a little bit of credit for what she's doing, but I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. It, it, the, Evermore, at least for me in particular, seems like a really big cash grab. I mean, they both are. Like, don't get me wrong; these albums are both pretty good musically, like really solid. Um, if you're into that stuff, I, you know, we just don't really like like this, which is understandable. But it just feels so cynical to me. And I mean, look, I have no hate towards Taylor. She's an immensely successful um, woman, and in a lot of ways, and she's an inspiration for a lot of people. But I just. I feel like there's actually no genuine Taylor to write about because for the past 20 years, basically every decision she's made in her life has been carefully chosen for her by like a multi-billion dollar industry. I think you're right. And uh, this album feels like that just extended out and she just happened to get like a crack team of the best writers in music and like, you know, she has a really good ear for melody. Oh yeah. And I don't know. It just feels really cynical to me. We can move on. Um, all right. I mean, I don't have anything else to talk about. All right, we ready? I We're going to turn so. the node to reveal the light, dude. <laughs> that's 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 cringe. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, but uh, the most listened to album for me of this past week was Between the Varied and Me's Coma Ecliptic. Now, Adam, let's give it a little background on Coma Ecliptic. What is it? When did it come out? Why did it come out? Who's poor Between the Varied and Me? I've never heard of these guys. Okay, well, as far as I know, between the Buried and Me formed as, like, a four or five piece in Raleigh, North Carolina in the year 2000. The year I was born. The year you were born. Um, I don't know. They've kind of burst onto the scene pretty early off in their career with some really killer records. Um, and have maintained a very positive and upward velocity since this point. Including... Coma Ecliptic, which came out in 2015 and was their 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th full-length album. Uh, yeah, um, that's that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, Coma yeah. Ecliptic's a pretty big stylistic shift for the, the rally prog meddlers. Because, um, I mean, let's be real, their career really starts with colors. Um, yeah. And it's a it's an interesting place for them to arrive. Because, you know, colors, prog metalcore masterpiece, great misdirect, same thing, a little different. Uh, Parallax 2, same thing, a lot more different. And then Coma Ecliptic is just entirely different. It's like a, a prog, rock, metal, opera. It, it, is, it is definitely focused more on its l- lighter elements. And, yeah, all the and, things, I mean, and all the things that come with that. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. Like, you, I'm not going to make this argument because I don't think it's true. But for a lot of people, like... Coma, or sorry, Colors all the way through Parallax 2 are just the same record, just done slightly differently. And I don't agree with that, but I, there's some truth to it. Like, you got your jamming riff solos, courtesy of Paul uh, Wagner and Dusty Waring, who are both phenomenal guitarists. You got um, low-tier, but not atrocious, <laughs> um, just like mid-growls and occasional clean sections, courtesy of Tommy Giles Rogers, uh acrobatic drumming from Blake Richardson and a really dexterous but subtle uh, bass playing from Dan Briggs. And they all it all works together. They make like 10-minute songs that just kind of rock. The albums flow really well together. And with this you know combination, they achieved a lot of critical success and a lot of commercial success in a short amount of time. 
And I mean, they're still one of the biggest like prog no, bands huge. in the world. They're huge. I mean, they're giant. It makes so much sense that like the Coma Machine has four over four and a half million plays on Spotify. It's the most popular song. Like what? Yeah, right. Isn't that nuts? You'd think it'd be Selkies, but no. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's a it's a bold career move to say the least for a band with like such an established sound and established fan base to just sort of left turn so hard. Yeah. We see this a lot, especially in the prog metal scene for whatever reason. But I will say, I think you know, sort of the genius of Coma Ecliptic because I mean, full disclosure, I've listened to this album like fifty times. I love this album. It's really cozy for me. It's really fun. Love love basically every second of it. But the secret sauce to why it works so well is Between the Buried and Me really aren't changing that much. They're using their same formula that works so well on Colors, TGM, Parallax 1 and 2, and they're just applying it to a lighter um, sort of a, a sonic aesthetic with a, a more focus on melody. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, because it is very apparent here that the, you know, the band is still the band, and you can absolutely hear it. Like, as I'm listening to, like, some snippets while we're recording, like, I don't know, if the, if you just threw, if it, like, if Blake played those parts a little louder, like... And, un, and through distortion, like, and Tommy just growled all of it, it's yeah, just a color song, it's, yeah. It's, 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 that's all it is. And, um... I think... Yeah. Except I'm gonna I'm gonna make this argument now. I think what sort of separates this album from the three that came before it is it's just written a lot. It's it's more written than their others. Because I mean, to to give us some context, the way BT Bam wrote songs for a while and still do sometimes is all the members, since they're you know really skilled instrumentalists and songwriters, just make a million parts and then the band sits together and they jam them together. Right. And. I mean, if you listen to an album like Colors, you know, 10 out of 10, fantastic album, groundbreaking, genre-defining, but it's pretty clear that they're writing a lot of these songs just by mashing riffs, solos, and clean sections together, and it just works because the individual parts are really strong. There is theming on this album. Yeah, on Coma Ecliptic, it really feels like... They're writing a actual, real record. Yeah, like they're writing real songs, real record, and I mean, I think that's why it's quite strong. And, uh... Special special note to uh, Tommy Rogers' vocal melodies on this record, because I think wh- like a real testament to why it's it's a great record is that I can like off the top of my head I know basically every vocal line in this album like from heart, and I could tell you every line every melody and it's just really consistently memorable in a way that on the first like few listens a lot of the Between the Buried and Me albums aren't. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but what I do know is. That I don't know. I feel like Coma Ecliptic stands in a very interesting place in their discography, especially since you have both parts of Automata that come after it, mm-hmm. um, where it is sort of a return to form while still maintaining a little bit of the prog campiness and theming that they introduce on this record. Uh-huh. And I mean, this. Very intently listening to this album, as I did many times throughout the last week. Like, I know the themes now. I know, yeah, I know no, the themes really of this of this piece of art more than I do most of them that I learned in high school of classic literature. Like, I, I can give, <laughs> I can give you more info about Coma Ecliptic and you know what's going on in the story where from this album than I can those. So I don't know. 
if that is just me listening to it a ton or very talented um, and you know, memorable songwriting on their front. Yeah, no, I think it's a combination of both. Um, I guess a couple things to go over before we sort of delve a little deeper is, uh, first of all, production-wise, this album sounds immaculate. Uh, Jamie King mix, he's who's done basically all their albums since Colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it really is immaculate. Like, the tones great. here are beautiful. Uh, really lovely guitars, uh, keys work. Uh, Blake's drums aren't too overproduced the way they are in some recordings. Um, and Tommy's vocals sound really good. Like, they go for a much more natural growling tone on this record, and I think it works a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, same thing with uh, a lot of his clean vocals. Um, they just sound a lot fuller, and um, it's, it's it sounds immaculate. And then I guess we could talk about the story in... Um, maybe a little, broad maybe terms. a tiny bit. So between the very and me, like literally all their albums are concept albums in some way or another, and that's fine. But like, there are two types of concept albums. There are like Arion and the Deer Hunter, where every line is sung from a specific character, and all the songs represent something happening in the story. And then there are between the very and me, and like. I don't know, Pink Floyd. We're like, I don't even. Well, no, no, I don't think that's a fair comparison. All right, fine, fine. Then, then there's between the varied me and like you need like like Haken. Yeah, because I don't. Well, all right, it's still a little disjointed, but Haken will work. Yeah, because so where the the concept albums are much looser. Like there's a story being told, but it's not super clear what's happening. It's more focused around a general idea. Yes. And, uh, if, uh, so if you, if you guys really want a fun challenge, try to make sense of the parallax story without like reading a guide. Cause I'm sorry. Like, I love those albums to death, but there's just so much bullshit going on. If you try to like make it into co- a cohesive story, yeah. that's still kind of true for coma ecliptic, but it's definitely a step up. Like right. it has a consistent theme. The concept's cool. A dude is going into a coma to relive his past lives to see Whoa. if one's going to be better than his real life. Right. Whoa. And it ends with him realizing that, Oh shit, I've been in a coma the whole time. The whole time. And then he wakes up and dies and it's, you know, it's bleak, it's metal, but it's a lot more consistent and it suits the tone of the music a lot better than just like, all right, so there are two prospects. They're from two different songs in the, between the buried me catalog. They each do have a long, complicated personal history that's revealed through songs that take place at different points in the advanced catalog and at different points in the album. One of them becomes a God. The other also becomes a God and they're linked through like, a, like it just look, I like parallax, but it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's a lot clearer um, and it works well. And on this album, on like a lot of their others, Tommy, um, tries to embody like different characters with different vocal inflections, mm-hmm. and it works really well. Yeah, um, I I do think the theme is strong. I think the I think that the way that they're able to, um, you know, bring back melodies and sort of reprise a lot of stuff that they do on this record is really cool, and it, it does make me feel like I'm listening to a rock opera or some anything like that that typically would have sort of a I guess a musical and melodic um direct theming to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, no, and I mean it's like I uh, I actually just watched the uh, the live video that Metal Blade posted cuz I'd never seen it. 
uh, before this podcast. And like at the very end where you, um, where you hear the final like comb machine theme, um, as Tommy sings like my last exit on purple smoke mm-hmm. or velvet smoke, you know, it's, it's really powerful and it, it works well. And I like the theming. No. Um, um, I'm going to bring up my major critique of this record and then we can sort of do it like not, sure. not like a super deep song by song overview, but just our general thoughts and highlighting yeah. moments we like. So my major critique with this record, and I think you'll probably agree with me here, is the fact that all these songs work really well. They're all very enjoyable in isolation and in the album. The album flows beautifully and generally it's quite memorable. However, Between the Buried and Me still have sort of their leftover tendency to just jam parts together. And there are certain parts on this record where it feels like, oh shit, they just needed to go to this next part they wrote and it just runs into it. And granted, like the Dream Theater turnarounds aren't there. It feels pretty consistent. The keys are there. And generally there's a melodic idea to lead you into it, but it can feel a little jarring. Um, We'll talk about more specific examples later, but the one that pops to mind is like the chorus to turn on the darkness. Like the second, like the, the, the chorus in turn on the darkness doesn't feel related to the rest of the song. Not, not in a bad way. It just kind of feels a little disjointed. And you also kind of hear this in the closer um, memory palace and option oblivion. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that way with the closer and memory palace. Very much. So Um, my, my, my biggest critique with this album would be that the, the last couple of tracks kind of just, they don't falter, but they just like memory palace just like steps down a step, just one, just one step. Like it's still a great track, but like in comparison to like, like following rapid calm and the ecoptic stroll and just that whole, that whole midsection, you can't really do anything about that. And like, I think memory palace works fine in its context. I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of the song, but you know, like, I get, I, it. I, I get why it's there. Um, and then Option Oblivion, I think, should be the closer. Um, well, it is the closer. I mean, it's so it's best to look, um, if you look at, uh, if you've read any interviews with the band. I, I have. Um, they sort of see uh, Memory Palace, Option Oblivion, and Life Involve It as one song. Well, that's good to hear, because it should have been one. But we'll talk, <laughs> we, we've, we've talked enough about streams and separating tracks on here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, I, I kind of agree with you, um. That's never going to go away for BT Bam. I don't think Yeah, that... even even a you know Automata 2 which is pretty damn good has that to some extent. Oh, it's yeah. just sort of the way they write songs and it's it's fine. Like they they've definitely gotten much much better at it and I will say especially on this record like the moments themselves are so strong. Like especially yeah. in those those last few tracks like sure it might feel a little disjointed but when it goes into some of those heights they really feel high. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh once That's how I also feel with the rest of the album. I, I I do think that the moment... There is definitely a waiting period that I had while listening to these records. And there are definitely certain parts that stick out a lot more than others do. Like, obviously, like... I don't know, like... I think the opening to Fam and Wolf is absolutely iconic. And so is it, like... Obviously, the entirety of Rapid Calm. Or... I don't know the most of the coma machine too. Like there, are, yeah. You know what? Let's 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 take it back a notch. Let's start with no, and let's just go through. All right. Um, I hate intro tracks, but as far as intro tracks, dude, notice notice such a good intro track. No, I as far as intro tracks go, Node's pretty freaking good, and 
it does have its own idea that, you know, obviously follows into the track that follows it. Uh, it works, but I'm still not an intro track guy. Dude, I mean, I, don't, I think this is like a perfect, like for this kind of album, it is a perfect intro track because you get that really subtle like synth lead. For this kind of album, in. sure. But yeah, like, I mean, I got gotcha. you. And also, dude, every Between the Buried Me album has an intro track. Like literally every Yeah, album. but that doesn't, that doesn't make the difference that Foamborn should be one track. All right, shut up. But I don't know. Node works really well as an intro track. And uh, I really, like, lyrically it sets up the themes nicely. It yes. builds immaculately into, you know, the, the coma machine, which is, is nice. And it's a great tone setter. I mean, not- it does feel like I'm listening to either a musical or a rock opera. So yeah, which is definitely what that is, that is. That's the goal. Um, we're in. Yeah, and it's, you know, I think Co Machine, this is the first song of the record I heard. I watched the music video, which is actually pretty good. Rare for BT band music videos, but good music yeah. video. Um, and uh, it's like the way No just builds, like with a Paul going and like soloing all the way up mm-hmm. as like everything comes down. You hear the gong, gets like do, 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 do. And it just goes vault to the wall with the Coma Machine. Boom, bum, bum. Now, bum, bum, bum. what is your what's your based opinion on the Coma Machine? Because like I don't know, I I, I totally I really understand. Love this song. I understand why it's like I get it. It's the single, or dude, I, you I teach us what it was. was. It's a little it's a little repetitive for my taste, but like it's a great song. The maybe I just find the chorus a tiny bit annoying. I feel that. I mean, for me, what what separates the chorus from being like truly boring for me is the way like all the, the instruments change each time. Like it starts off really simple. And if, if you actually look at the guitar parts for the song, they're playing the same chord each time. They're just doing an, um, gosh, what would it be? It's in C sharp. So I don't know. They're playing an octave chord, e- the same octave chord, each repetition of the dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 but what's changing is the bass and what's changing is the keys. And that has a really nice effect to it. And also, you, you know, you get the synth, like the lift our lens to focus um, thing, except, you know, preceding that. And, and you get guitar solos and then it changes a little bit more each time. And I just think, I don't know. I really like this chorus. I know it's kind of dopey, but I, I think it works. No, well. it's dopey, but it, 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 it works. Um, and, like, obviously, the verse on this song is awesome. And I, I don't know what it was, but, like, part of part of me made me think that this album was, like, just not going to have any heavy on it. Like This album has a fair... Well, it no, does. you think, because, like, every every BT band fan or all the people that dislike this album were like, oh, they sold out. But, like, the album's still, like, 45% screaming. No, yeah. Like, it's... Like there, are, it's still a very healthy mix of both, which I was very pre- pleasantly surprised with. It helped get not get through this, but like it definitely helped me enjoy the record because um, I I don't know if I could listen to an hour of BT Band Clean. I, I don't know if I could. No, I, I totally feel it. I totally like uh, Desert Song, great song, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, um, no, but I, I yeah, and especially on like this song, sort of you know a good, um, I guess microcosm of what makes the album great like you have really a pretty memorable chorus you have some memorable clean parts in, in between some pretty like good between the buried and me harsh parts like yeah. i really like the uh travel through a string of tears screams crash down like waves cr- like i like that part it's very syncopated yeah. and then um you know the the so the uh the guitar work on mm-hmm. the song and the album is consistently amazing 
Um, and the my last exit, like the, uh, the sort of the climax of the song is really yeah. awesome. And the way it brings uh, us back into the chorus one last time is really cool. And it just flows really well. Like the song, every time I listen to it, it just blows by. And it's really fun. It is very fun. Um, obviously, super memorable track. There's there's a there's a ton of highlights, and that I mean that that riff is kind of derpy and like obviously chuggy, but I don't know. It works really well. It works. Yeah, right. And like I know um, when they do the this song live now, they always swing the last chorus. When it's, it's always fun. Oh, I didn't like. Know yeah, that. we we literally saw them swing it twice. It's so strange. I don't even remember that. Well, I do. Adam's, Adam's like, I, I, dude, I, I don't, I don't remember, remember what he had for breakfast yesterday. I don't remember any. But yeah. And, uh, we lead into what I know is your least favorite song in this album, Dim Ignition. I, you know, I don't hate it, but it shouldn't, like, I don't know, man. Why Why are you here, Dim Ignition? Like, just... just it's to lead into Famine Wolf. But just, I don't and know. And also, also, there's a, there's a story reason. So I know. The, please inform me on the story reason, but... So I, the way uh, the first like to record the, the way the first half of this album works is it's the dude, the protagonist going through all of these different universes that were his past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the coma machine is him finding out the machine, entering the machine, yeah, whatever. And Dim Ignition is the first world he visit, visits. Gotcha. And uh, that's why. And musically, it works really nicely. And it, it, it and, uh, um, this song is also really fun live. Weather. It's very memorable, but every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, it's Dim Ignition again. No, I gotcha. It's kind of, it's dumb. It's kind of derpy, but it, I don't know. I think it works in the context of the record. And if, if the song was like another minute, I'd hate it, but it's like two minutes. Yeah, no, it's, it's very short. It flies by. Um, I don't know what they were, I mean, I get the story reason, but. It is okay, kind of like, strange. Underst- to, it is kind of well, no. It's just kind of strange to me that there's a random two minute interlude. Like I think it's a so it's a, far up the track list because the rest okay. of it is th- there's no break. You're not getting yeah. The a rest break. of it flows perfectly, which is awesome. Um, I think it's a holdover from Parallax Two because I mean I don't know the last time you listened to Parallax Two, but that album has like four two minute songs. It's true. Uh, and you know the way BTBM writes albums is generally they write songs and then they write transition parts between the songs yeah so they probably were just trying to find a good transition yeah no you're probably right it's i think it's fine for it is probably the weakest song but it's only two minutes yeah i think um but right into which is probably the best song of the album famine wolf is sick it's pretty sick like the way it starts out like like you said earlier the do 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 and then blake comes in doing the and then Paul starts doing the and then everything comes to a head and Tommy's doing like this weird inflection Uh, I don't know that's great it's really yeah no it's this song um is a wild ride obviously I've we've seen it live multiple times um yeah it's just it's it's famine wolf I mean I I, it's just kind of this radiates banger on all territories if you're going to take any one song, I think, out of this and out of context with the record, you know, it has to be this one or a coma machine. And just like, I don't know. I feel like those two probably sit the best as singles. Yeah, no, um, I agree. And I mean, I believe this was the second single. So 
problem that makes sense and i mean yeah it's just banger from start to like this really does feel like a good like heavy deer hunter track in the best of ways yeah and that every part is fully realized it flows beautifully it builds really nicely and it just it's great like i tommy's vocal inflections are super fun the chorus is dope the uh um um i like the random like 70s jazz breakdown where it's like or psych breakdown and um the move this flesh over the rotten bone one like that's so fun and it's it's just it's banger from start to finish it's really sinister it's really fun it's like everything the record does well and it's also like the shortest real song in the album yeah um it doesn't stick around it it just kind of it does what bt bam does best while keeping i guess um the theatric the- like yeah, the vibe that they're oh, yeah. trying to make with this album alive, because it's there. But you still have yeah. all your your classic BT Bam isms on this track too. Yeah, and you know it's a in the story it's another world that they're visiting or the dudes visiting. I think I may or may be wrong, but I think the prospect or prospect two from Parallax is actually on this world. I don't know. If you guys want an in depth breakdown of Parallax Hypersleek dialogues and. Uh, the future sequence heavy blog is heavy did a really good um like 20 page breakdown called prog notes on it uh take a listen i would not recommend it (laughs) i would not recommend learning the story of those albums but if you gotta they did a good job looks you gotta Uh, so earlier you said uh the next tune king redeem queen serene is one of your favorite songs i want to hear it it is it is um maybe it's the very tasteful use of dynamics in the beginning leading to the rest of the track and especially the build around like two minutes after the acoustic guitars cut out it's just like the bells um and the the low drum part in the background and then the guitars come back and it's bam 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 Mm-hmm. and then it just explodes yeah and this like honestly like i i didn't even realize it until recently but like this song is really too like an intro and then just classic bt bam from start yeah. to finish mm-hmm. and it's really well done yeah no i mean i think that might be the reason why i like it so much is because if any track radiates more uh to their original not original but um standard material this one and like i don't know i think it's awesome it just flies. There's a black metal section on this song. Like, it's yeah. great. Also, like how, like, dumb the climax is where it's like, a transcript lost <laughs> from what we've saw. Yeah. Like, that's, it's great because it comes out of all the chaos. And, like, there's just so much fun rhythmic play in this song. Yes. Like, yet, like, you know, pretty consistently, Blake and the guitars would be like, doom, 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 And it's, yeah. I don't know, it's a good song. I, mean, um, I will say one thing I think is important to note is um, Tommy, if you, I don't know if you watched the full behind the scenes uh, documentary on the album. Oh my. But uh, Tommy says like he spent a lot of time really trying to think about like all, every single line on this album, mm-hmm. like how he'd deliver it and like how it would fit in the context. And it definitely shows, especially on this song, because like the clean section is pretty beautiful. It's very nice. The, yeah. Even the, the dirty section's really memorable and uh, sort of like the op rock. Uh, Op, rock, rock opera, Jesus. Uh, towards the end, it's very fun. Yeah, 
It keeps the tension that the whole song is held on to high. Um, where, I don't know, when you when you come back into a, a coma machine chorus, you've kind of like, all right, we're back here. But the song mm. never lets up. Um, and I think that might be one of the reasons why. King Redeem and Queen Supreme. Queen Serene is, I don't know, one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's really solid. Um, so Turn on the Darkness, I feel like, is like the perfect encapsulation with like my issues of the record. Because Turn on the Darkness, ha- like that intro is amazing mm-hmm. with like the do 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 and you know you get tommy coming in with a like the winter's grieve mm-hmm. evenly flick like it's it's beautiful and then uh it just sort of bt bams its way through the rest of the song like the song is really good i enjoy it it's fun all the parts are memorable but it's so it's so jagged in the way that it jumps between sections mm-hmm. like yeah you, we just we just sort of go from like, we turn our backs on ourselves, nothing in sight. I see a flame erupt in. And then after that, um, it just sort of jumps between like disconnected ideas. And I think the chorus is fun. I, I like that. The black ash um, through me. The, but, the moment that always sticks out for me on this song is when um. It's the, I don't know when, but it's when they go into that, like, off-timey jazz section where it's, where the guitars are, like, spiraling down and it's just kind of, like, thumping along. It's not too heavy, but Tommy's growling over the whole thing. Uh, And I I don't know. It's very, it comes out very suddenly because there is a literal stop in the music Mm -hmm. right before it. Um, But I don't know. I I think that we can't really hold too much of a candle to this being like an exception because it I think it is just the most blatant one. But like, yeah, because the whole album does it. Yeah, it's it's still very BT band. Yeah, and I mean it works well. I really like Paul's verse, where like in the bl- random bluegrass guitar solo. Um, the I like the this lone world drifts on and on refrain, mm. and uh you know at the very end where the the intro comes back no. is really cool. We turn our backs on ourselves. Do 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 do. I like it's fun. It's a good song. I just it feels very jagged, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it kind of takes you out. Yeah, um, and I don't know. It's probably, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to say, I I can't say that. I I, <laughs> I think I like the, I think I like the song more than I do Memory Palace. But I don't know. Right. we'll have to think about that. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to ponder. In the meantime, though, let's let's go to certified weird banger territory with the acoustic apo- stroll. I, this song's so fun. I really love this song. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the whole thing being so big and so just in your face. We're BT Bam and we're making this really weird, like, show toony. Uh, I don't know. I I'm it's, I am it's off very... put by a lot of this song, but like it is very well done, and I get it. I get what they're doing, and it works. 
but yeah and i this song once again like sort of like famine wolf like it feels really written and i feel it flows beautifully like yeah it starts off on this bizarre like circus like melody do 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 and then the guitars come in and suddenly tommy's doing like this this ringmaster voice and he's like say it down please sir what is your wall I don't know. I, I think I think that I think the attempts at this on um, Automata are better, mm-hmm. but I understand that this is here for that to begin. So like I I understand I get it. This yeah, song this song is feels very Voice of Trespass, Condemned to the Gala, bl- yeah, Blot, all that all that stuff. It yeah, it you. feels very new BT Bam. With a very heavy emphasis on those uh, stranger aspects of their sound. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, sure, we're, we're, we're just talking about it broadly, but, like, the guitar leads here, once again, guitar leads on this whole album, super tasteful. Like, we we know Paul and Dusty can shred their asses off, but it's a testament mm-hmm. to, like, song their songwriting abilities that they really... They know when to do it and how to do it. And yeah. Like, I love the wall lead, like, the... Like that comes up throughout the song. The chorus is also great. The mm. let's now start over. That's really awesome. And I like the take me back to my past refrain. I also like the way the song sort of starts off really jagged with the carnivaly sound and then sort of gets more solemn, which is one one of those things that, that sort of mimics the theme. Because in this song, a motherfucking doctor's visiting the dude in the coma and he's like, yo, we got to We got to help this dude. He's, he's deep in a coma. Oh, no, bro. <laughs> I know it's 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 so weird, but uh, this is my very nitpicky thematic thing that doesn't really matter. So this album was billed as every song is a different past life, right? Except if you really look at the the track list, they're really only like they're really only like one, two, or one, two, three, four. There are really only four past lives he goes to. The rest of them are like the surrounding things, like Node and Coma Machine are before he gets in the coma, and then a Coptic stroll till the end are him like being like, Should I leave the coma or not? <laughs> and I mean, don't get me wrong, this is like the most nitpicky thing ever, but I'm just saying, like, most of the album is actually him debating the validity of the coma instead of looking at the past lives. See, I didn't know that. Um, it doesn't really change much for me. But I kind of like I said, it's a really dumb nitpicky thing. I I, I do. I can I can see why that would annoy. I can see why it's annoying. It's but. not a big problem either. Like it doesn't really change my enjoyment of the album. It's just right. like, something. Something to because consider. Then we get the you know a, one like one of the best BT Bam um, songs, Rapid Calm. I really love this song. Yeah, I mean, um, it's. I get why the Ear Hunter covered it. And I get why this song is amazing. I I, I get like I get it. Um, you know what? God, man, it makes sense. <laughs> what it makes song? sense? Why it makes so much sense? Why the deer to recover this song? Oh, totally. Well, it's, there's also not too much screaming, but there's a lot of sinister sure. key melodies. Like no, it starts whole, off with that, the that's the whole thing. That's the driving. That's that's why you listen to. Um, Rapid Calm for that key melody that yeah, just permeates the entire thing. And it is really menacing. It's heavy. It, it makes it's, it makes yeah, you uncomfortable. Well, not just, make just, uncomfortable, but 
Like, you're like, oh, oh, bro, okay. Things are getting serious now. Here. Yeah, it's dope. And, you know, I like the uh, the cr- a crest for the brave falls in the flame verse. Yeah. I like the way it builds. It's just really well done. And then it sort of crash with, crashes with the enter oblivia. And then, uh, I mean, the, the growls in the song are once again very tasteful. And also, I like how the, the way it ends. Like, you know, everything pulls back, and then you just get, like, a cowbell fill for the one last yeah. search. One um, last search! Yeah, and suddenly, like, you know, Paul's just doing this whammy bar, yeah. like, hard rock solo, and everything's going balls to the walls. It's it's just a real, it's a great, it's really well written, it's really fun towards the end. And uh, it's it works thematically and musically. And once again, like all the great things are here. Like vocal lines, super me- memorable. Riffs are super memorable. Uh, a lot of tasteful synth, a lot of tasteful fills. And it just works. Yeah. I think everything about this track is just... I mean, it works. It works perfectly for what the album's trying to do. And um, I guess the one of the reasons why it is one of my favorites... Um, aside from all the reasons that you had mentioned it, um, was, I don't know. Perhaps it fills every box that the two aspects of their sound BTVM is trying to hit. Like, they're all hit. Like, this stuff, like, I don't know, I could see this on a stage. Like, I feel like this would fit perfectly into, like, some bullshit Broadway show that does (laughs) not need it. But like you know what, I could see a theatric version of Rapid Calm in my mind. I I, I see it, I see it, yeah. I hear it. Um, like it it really uses kind of a simple melody to just build this massive track filled with all these moving parts that just work so well for BT Bam and for the general consumer as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, definitely the best the album has to offer in that, in the sense that it accomplishes all of its artistic goals. Yeah. Um, all right, now let's talk about the three closers. <laughs> oh, well, this... Ugh. See, this is this is where I start to... I may start to vary from Sam's opinions, but... So, I mean, I don't know. I, I So, I like Memory Palace. It's definitely very disjointed. And Yes, I also like Memory Palace. Like... I don't know. I'm gonna be real. I think the sort of like the uh, the whammy lead, like the wow, 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 oh yeah, wow, 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, is a little annoying. Oh yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> I awake, man. Even and also, even sorry. the whole this track is the wrong way. I wanted this band to implement the sound they're going for, because like even the like the seventies like like key like organ key flourishes like the ba 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 and like oh god it, it's a yeah. little camp, it's a little campy it's i think that it's the most i mean it's obviously the most blatant like rock opera prog opera song on this whole album um i don't know i i i think it works but it is it's it very is like, like i said a step Tommy. down Yes. I mean, I will say, I think, like, like the song sort of has two, like, vocal hooks, or maybe even three, and I think all those are really good. Um, actually, is that in this? So, the chatter has left me a statue grown with intentions. I, I think that's a really strong melody. Um, 
I think the um, focus on melody is really nice. And then, I mean, I I think one of my favorite moments on the whole record is the live in the name of, live in the name of the ghost. Like, it's a really solid refrain. It is. And I think like. Stuck in your head really easily. Yeah. Like, I think as a piece, there's, there's some flaws, but I think overall, like, like once again, it's a moment song more than a song song. Yeah. But the moments are really strong, and I think it leads perfectly into a option oblivion, which is basically like the second part of Memory Palace. Yeah, I just, I just kind of wish it was one song. I mean, I agree. I think it should be one. I, I, I get I mean, the I, I'm, like they I'm are sure. very different thematically, and it's not like one reprises the other. Um, but I don't know, like. It just feels not unnecessary, but if you're going to have Life and Vela as your official closer, I don't see the harm in putting these two tracks together. Yeah, no, I feel you. I I mean, I think... Uh, and I, I think uh, sort of the the intro part to Option of Lillian's a little feels a little disjointed. Mm, certainly. Where it's like... Doo, 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 yeah, doo, doo, it doesn't know what... Yeah, it just kind of comes out of nowhere and doesn't really know totally what it's doing in, in full. But, uh, I mean, once again, the two moments after it's a really strong like that. Yeah. I'll follow towards the smoke, the mm. wrenching of the rope. I'm always lost. Like, that's really awesome. I like the breathe underwater refrain. I think my favorite musical moment on the whole album actually is the, these new eyes will never suffer. Enter the new wake. And then the what once was, I think that's my favorite part of the whole album. I really like that part. Um, it is a very natural conclusion to the record. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just kind of a shame that Memory Palace and um, this one just feels sort of like disjointed. So, because like all the parts yeah. individually are awesome, but they don't have the strongest transitions, and as songs, they don't work super well. Yeah, they're definitely carried by moments, which, in a sense, the entirety of Colors is. I said it. I said it. Uh, yike! There are a lot of them, though. Yeah, I mean. Colors is a great record because the moments are so good, but listen to a song like Ants of the Sky. There is no melodic through line. Bro, don't be ripping on Ants of the Sky. Like, I love Ants of the Sky. It's one of my favorite BT Bam songs. I'm just saying there's no melodic through line. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're You're not wrong. That I can tell you. Even like White Walls to an extent. Like, White Walls is two songs with very, very different aspects. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Look, or no, this isn't a previous. Right. This isn't a BT, BT Bam hate on fest. It's just like these problems are in all their work. It's just kind of apparent here. Yeah, and I don't even but, know uh, if you can go so far as to call it a problem because the band still makes great music. It's yeah, just, and like this album's awesome despite its flaws. Yeah, it's just it is just it is merely a critique that we have um, in our very uninformed and unprofessional opinions. Yeah. I will say, uh, the end of Option Oblivion, we're like, what is this place? An alluring frontier. I think it's great. And I think it, it once again leads very nicely into the actual last song, Life in Velvet. Look, I get it. You're opening with this nice little piano intro and you end with a nice little piano intro. I get it. I get, I get it. It's It does it's, the BT Van thing. It does the BT Van thing. Like, I... I but like, yeah. I don't. This track does too much for a closing track. 
Really? I well, this part you understand. Option of Livian and Memory Palace each have like four different parts. This track only has two, and it's the and it's actually it works nicely because we've already he- heard this transition set up because you get the node into the comb machine. Yeah, but the node doesn't perfectly go into the comb machine. Yeah, it does. What do you mean? You get the doom, 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 do like four times, and then everything comes in like the way the chorus does the last time in the comb machine. And that, and ah. it's such an awesome way to Look, end it with like, obviously the band is super smart and you know, they, they, they made, this is the right, this is the right decision for this album. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. But like, like I said, for me, who has such an aversion to intro and outro tracks, like <laughs> it, it just, it's such, it, it's just, it, it feels so unnecessary to me. I don't know why that is the way it is, but I just... I think it, you just really hate short tracks. I, I don't even know. Alright, you know what it is? If you... if you, BT Bam is a long track band. Hey, Yeah? Yeah. They are. Yeah. They are. They are. They are. No one, no one will disagree that. And like, this isn't just a them problem, but Making this just it it feels unnecessary to me, despite its theming. Like I I understand the theming. Like without Foamborn A, where are you? You know, like what are you what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? But I don't know, man. Well, it's definitely definitely pushed you towards like a, a full album listening experience. Oh, certainly, and it. That that is no that is no that's no critique of mine. It it's certain and you know like I'm trying to think of like an example of just some random bullshit album from my past that I love with an intro track. Um, <laughs> even like even like to an extent, but not fully. Like um, clairvoyant kind of has that problem. And oh, dude, I, I'm now, a sucker for intro tracks. Now, granted. You know the the theming of clairvoyant saves that, but like that's the same thing with like obviously this is not relevant to this conversation at all, but it's kind of because it's Prague. But like the animals by Pink Floyd, the intro and outro track, like I, I hate it. I hate it so much because it's <laughs> three minutes of Roger Waters and his acoustic guitar, and then you have three thirteen plus minute tracks of just proggy proggy goodness like Mm -hmm. it's just so out of place and like it's it's used for the theming of the album alone and like i don't know that pisses me off because i think think you're just autistic in this very sense it might be it might because like i mean look i i totally understand the nitpick but like i think it's not a huge issue when the band really makes it work and i think como cryptic or like like haken the mountain which is their best album Mm -hmm. does the same thing but, but they don't have an outro track. Uh, well, Virus does, and I don't like that track. You don't. You just don't like. All right. Well, look. I think this. I think this is a really great outro track. If it, because I know your your problem would literally be solved if they just stapled Life in Velvet to Option Oblivion yes. and called it Option Oblivion slash Life in Velvet. It would be. It, so, it really I, would be. Or, or you know what? No, no, no. I would be fine. 
I would be more content if they took Option Oblivion and put it onto Memory Palace. Yeah, no, I feel I, like... you're right. I do think I do think Life in Velvet is a good outro track for what it's worth. But yeah, and... as it stands on the record, it, it shouldn't. Ex- it, there's no reason for it to exist in my mind. No, I um, like it. I mean, I you even get like the rising action, the climax, and then the falling action because you know the the real climax of the whole record is the coma machine riff with both guitarists going bananas. And yes, my last exhale on purple smoke. Mm. It's great reprising from the start of the album it's great and then you get the you know the guy literally dies yeah and he growls dark worlds engrossing our son is sleeping it's cool i don't know he died he died he dead now it's kind of funny that all three bt bam out there so colors um and uh parallax too both and this album all end with the protagonist dying what about automata Automata, the guy actually doesn't die. Whoa. That's why, dude, we are in this together. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Coma Ecliptic, really, really love this album. It's really fun. It's really cozy. I could throw on any of these songs, except for the last three, <laughs> out of context, and they work wonderfully. There's some of my favorite BT Bam songs. I think it flows beautifully. It sounds great. Definitely Tommy's best performance to date. The band just knows what they're doing. I think it's a great natural evolution of their song. I think it's much better than Automata. As an album, I think it's stronger whoa, whoa, than Colors whoa, whoa, as an whoa, album. Whoa, 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 Hmm. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Dude, I don't you know. haven't listened to Automata in a while. That's true. I haven't. Maybe that's the like, next like, step. Like, listen, listen to this and then listen to Automata and tell me that it is not a step back. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Automata, but it's just not into, like, the songs don't really work as well. Automata has a few songs that are really good, but you 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 probably couldn't even tell me what house organ sounds no, like. I can't exactly. All right, trust me, right. I I know my VT man. I no, I know I know. That's why we're doing this podcast. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, take it away. Take it. Take it. Yeah, so I mean, I a few weeks ago I made, I guess it was a few months ago now, Jesus. Yeah. I made the uh, the bold claim that I think as an album this is stronger than Colors. And I stand by that, because don't get me wrong, Colors, 10 out of 10, landmark release. But what makes Colors so great is the individual strength of its songs, not its flow as an album. But can you listen to Colors without all the other songs attached to it? Oh, totally. Like, you think totally, so? totally, totally, yeah. Are you, you think kidding you me? can throw on Ants of the Sky? I don't. I want to be in. I want to be in at that well, point. Well, I mean, look, obviously you should listen to it as an album. That's what they intended and it works best that way. But I think it doesn't, like, this. a lot of the songs don't really relate to each other, like, no, at that's, all. That's colors. true. And, uh, like, it, it doesn't think, have, like, a, a consistent thematic idea. The same I don't way. know. I feel like uh, it's hard because the reason I go into Colors is for that barrage of different styles, wonky-ass turnarounds. And, you know, all the BT Bam goodness that I can offer. Like, that, that that's why I go to that record. So I don't know if I can even say that, like, Coma Ecliptic is a better album. Because, while, yeah, thematically and, I guess, like, sort of songwriting-wise, in pure form of, like, trying to make music, like, I think that Coma Ecliptic is a great accomplishment. But at the same time, I feel like the reason Colors is so good and why it's so memorable 
is because of not its flaws, but like what it is, why it is so BT them. No, I feel you. I feel that. But I mean, listen to a song like, gosh, like listen to, <laughs> you're going to hate me for this, but I want to get, listen to Answer the Sky. It's an amazing tune, but it is 14 minutes of them being like, yo, we got this riff and we got this riff. What if we mash them together? <laughs> Look, I'm not saying you're wrong, but like, holy crap, that's my favorite BT band song. So I, the besmirchment is not uh, accepted. I mean, I'd argue, I'd argue that they they sort of find the happy medium on the best tunes on Parallax Two. I don't know. I don't know. I need to. I need to do a B. I need to do a BT band discog run again. Adam Adam's gonna come out of this. He'll be like, guys, look. Self-titled favorite guys, album. Guys, look, more of myself to kill is up here. The White walls of, is down come here. Come on. Yeah, their cover of a uh, blackened. Cemetery so, uh, final gates. thoughts on Coma Ecliptic from 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 Adam. Decent seven. Decent seven. I think it's a little, I think seven. it's a strong eight. I really like the song. Uh, no, I I can't go that far, and that's not a problem with BT Bam. That's a problem with me. I think. I don't think that I like BT Bam a lot, but they're never going to be one of my like all time top five. They will never be a top five band for me. I I don't think, and that's n- that's nothing against them. I I love. I mean, I love all their content. I'll even ha- I have fun listening through those like that first album in the Silent Circus. Like I have I have a lot of fun listening to all these records. Um, mm. But I don't know if they'll ever be top. So like on my on my total scale, like probably like a decent seven. Now on a BT Bam scale, that's a little different. That is a little different because if we're talking like hypersleep dialogues is up here, and fucking their cover of uh, I don't know, <laughs> my heart is down here, like it's probably up there with like the strong eight category. Because I don't think it's bad by any means. It's definitely yeah, a good I mean, record, a great I record. Mean, all, all of its flaws are inherent to BT Bam. Yes, you know? I I agree with that. I, I I don't think that the prog, the the heavy prog rock and rock opera influence does not hamper too hard on this. Aside from like maybe Memory Palace and a tiny bit on some other tracks, but overall, the combination of sounds is great, and it. And it you know, it, it works BTM to its full extent. Okay, next next time we're in the car, I can finally throw on a Coptic stroll and we'll be like, is this by Hagen? <laughs> I will, I understand now. I am I am an educated man. Now I just need to go through the Opeth discography. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have like an eight hour long Sandy <laughs> Adam Opeth discography. ranking. Cast. Dude, I'll be fighting tooth and nail for heritage at number one. <laughs> Right. We'll we'll see um, about that. My final thoughts on Coecliptic are: I like the album quite a bit. I think it's one of the better BT Band records. I think it's really fun. I think it succeeds at what it tries to. I think all of its flaws are just B- BT Bam flaws, and I think it's one of the. I don't know. It's really cozy. I really like this album. It it's I like it quite a bit. Yeah, it's nice. It's great. Wow, has some of their best songs. With that. We're on the news. We're on. Oh, there's, oh my there's god! Some Dude, come news on! This week. All right, Iced Earth. We gotta start. We gotta start Dude, with Iced Earth. Wow, John Schaefer, man. What the? No, heck? it's not even just him. The whole band. The the band has not condemned him in any way. 
They've put out statement after statement and have not condemned him or the actions. In fact, there's a deleted post um, of the vocalist. um, What's his name? I can't think of his name. Uh, Not John Schaefer. Stu Block. There is a there's a deleted post of his. I can't find out where it is. But it was saying, like, let's go. Uh, come on. I gotta find it again. Really? I have an article that says um, John Schaefer's Iced Earth bandmates do not condone or support. We'll see. Oh, no, my God. They do not condone. Holy shit. How, look, how hard, man, how hard is it to just be like, you know what? I think coups led by domestic terrorists are bad. Apparently, a static X. Ex- guitarist is a right-wing nut job too dude why why is it that all these like you know moderately to pretty successful like old school metal bands are just like you know they'll sing about like i don't know dude iced earth fucking iced earth we like we listen to so much goddamn ice well not we i don't know we have like don't you have two iced earth albums no i have um i have incorruptible 2017 that was poo poo pp bad album yeah I mean, that, I that was their last that was their last full length i mean they have a pretty storied discography yeah they've been around since the 80s gosh they're, you know i'm not surprised in the least that no me neither dude where's john <laughs> where is john we need to find Bro. him john Schaefer is he is wanted by the fbi that's uh, it's so funny it's so funny seeing all like the three metal musicians that were like <laughs> You know, either pro the riots or in the riots, be like, oh, it's not that bad, guys. It's unbelievable, dude. I don't even know what to think. I don't know. She's kind of disgusting. I mean, I think it's, we made it pretty clear that he we left us th- here. He was, but, but uh, he was there, man. He was, look, he man, was there. You got to understand, all the people that were rioting at Capitol Hill on the 6th, none of them were like working class, like coal miners or whatever. They were they were like rich people that flew in from like across the country to support it. Yes. All right. Hold on. This is a Loudwire article. And I, I all know. Right, all I, right. I, I know. Hit me. Hit me. But. Wait. Okay. Wait. All right. Hold on. There is an updated statement. Oh, yeah, please. So, the first statement, this was posted on January 11th. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's happening. History in the making. Sending my love, sending love to my friends in the U.S. all over the world. And there was a comment by one Glenn Andrew who said, Are you condemning what happened today, Stu? And Stu Block replied, this is on Facebook, yeah. And where in my statement would you get that impression? Oh, bro! Now, there, just... there, is an up, like, there is an updated statement. First, I want to thank everyone for the amazing support you have shown. Unfortunately, it has come to my attention in recent days about a screenshot someone made. There were some obsessive, hateful people posting that screenshot that I did have to remove my... I had to remove it from my social media. I do not want to extend my apologies for the poor way I worded two Facebook posts on January 6th. I'm human and I make mistakes. My wording was was absolutely misunderstood and not properly thoroughly thought out on my part. And I know people and media can interpret things differently. Oh no! (laughs) At the moment, I saw a historical thing happening. 
that perhaps would cause divide amongst people everywhere, so I sent love out to everyone as well. I quickly took the post down after I realized that the post I put up with good intentions to encourage discussion about what was happening at the moment was severely misinterpreted by some. This was all happening before I found out about the horrible line that was crossed that day by protesters. I also carelessly misread the comment someone posted on my official Facebook page and replied incorrectly, and for that I am sorry. I was in the heat of the moment. In the post, the commenter said, Are you condemning what happened today, Stu? I replied, and where in my statement would you get that impression? In the craziness of responding to so many comments, some very hateful in nature, which were also coming at me in rapid fire, I read the word as condoning, which I do not. I see this as an inaccurate, misinterpreted screenshot that has been shared on various social media pages, and I want to go on the record and say this again. I do not condone or I do not support any acts of violence or anything else that any protester or rioter was involved in on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol building. If you follow me, I am generally known as a man of peace, kitties, and music, blah, 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 all this stuff. But anyway, the important thing that I want to point out, and that I pointed out earlier, is that he does not mention John Schaefer by name. That's literally your bandmate. I don't know, man. It just it just sounds like a, a herder enlightened centrism take. Like if you're if you're so if you're not condoning it, then just say you you don't support. Like, like just say I I, I, I condemn it. You. Come on, like it's it's so I don't know. It's it, a band like Ice Earth probably has a lot of Trump supporter fans just because their age. They probably but, uh, do. Um, so you wouldn't want to alienate your fan base, but at the same time, bro, just like take a fucking stance. Like, yeah. It, it it just, I don't know, it, it disgusts me. It's bad. But we are still on the look for John Schaefer. We will have our where John... Where is he, where, dude? Where is he? We want to find him. He could be anywhere. Uh, <laughs> Lock your doors. <laughs> oh, no, I think... Shut off your outside uh, He's coming. Because oh. he's coming. He's coming. Oh, Jesus. Um, um, on, the, on the lovely news regarding the past week in American politics... All that remains, frontman calls to abolish the U.S. entirely because oh. Trump got banned from Twitter. Oh God! Oh, uh, that's cringe, and you would not expect that. I wouldn't expect that, at least. Aren't all that remains a metalcore band? They are, but like, I yeah, and I feel like metalcore bands are generally more liberal because they're younger. Literally, although is all that remains considered a Christian band? I don't know. Would they consider just... themselves a Christian man? Because I think that might be important. Ugh. I just, I hate, I hate it. Because Christian metalcore is a genre. I hate this, dude. Like, oh, guys, uh, like, so, I, I think it's important to recognize that when it comes to banning Trump from Twitter, we can simultaneously hold the thought that Trump getting banned is probably a good thing, and at the same time, that tech companies like Twitter have too much power and should probably be regulated to some extent, right? Yep. Those are two simultaneous thoughts that we have to hold. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's very easy to be like my uh, my freedom of speech. Uh, we we need we need to take back our rights. But at the same time, if you know Twitter is a private corporation, and Donald Trump has incited violence and hate speech for the past four years on Twitter to a massive, massive platforming form, and yep. one of the best things you can do uh, to people to members of the far right that incite. You know, violence, a literal coup, domestic terrorism, whatever, is deplatforming them. Um, and I think Trump, you know, 
spreading wide, widespread lies about the election for months on end and failing to concede and trying repeatedly to overturn the results of our democratic election. I think that's reason enough to ban him from Twitter. But at the same time, it is a little scary that um, a tech corporation can ban a president from his most popular um, way of speech. Yep. But uh, I don't know. Those, those are my thoughts on it. But uh, this is no reason that we should abolish the U.S. Yeah, dude, dude we should abolish the U.S. Yes. for the widespread systemic mistreatment of people of color, of poor people. And I don't know how we fucking handled this pandemic. Like, sh- shut up, dude. I hate it snaps gosh i hate it so much anywho on non-politics news we got a fear factory update we do have a fear factory update i was just gonna say dude my man burton c bell he has zero interest in rejoining it what the heck dude what people move on for a reason when i move on i move on burton c bell will be missed dude can we get him on the podcast honestly it's about time we need at least one of them. Well, we we should reach out. We'll have our PR. No, dude. Well, the thing is, so we'll get Dino on, right? And we'll say, yeah, we got this podcast on this day, right? And then we'll invite Burton C. Bell on oh, on the same day without telling a, either of them. That's a classic sitcom trope. It always works. They are always. Dude, they'll always make up. They'll hug <laughs> through the phone. We will be the podcast responsible for fixing Fear Factory. Dude, they're going to release their best album ever. I'm in. I'm in. Actually, so. This is very unrelated, but um, I've been dicking around with a bunch of VST plugins, mm-hmm. um, uh, specifically um, Neural DSP on my computer, which are really sure. good. They're really solid. Um, and uh, ver- uh, gosh, Dino has a few um, like a few presets, presets on on the, some of these amps, and his presets are always like the worst ones. <laughs> they always <laughs> sound so bad. So uh, more Fear Factory shade. Um. Uh, fucking Tommy Vex got kicked out of Bad Wolf, dude. I was just gonna say. I mean, is it for the fucking mask off shit he said about Trump, or is it for beating his girlfriend? Probably both. Probably <laughs> both. I, yeah. Anyways, and... we're glad. Hey, you can listen to Bad Wolves again <laughs> if you really want to do that. He seemed and, uh, to actually have a decent response to it. He was like, don't yeah. gaslight my bandmates about this. This yeah. is on me. He took it like a chum. I mean, he, look, if if that came out about me and I was kicked out of my band, I'd, I'd take it like a chum, too. Jesus Christ. I, like you ha- I mean, you have to. Gosh. I think. No, I, I agree. Uh, but but yeah, it, uh, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci believes concert will resume fall 2021. Also, hey. another article says that New York um, is going to start having. Yeah, they're going to start um, having in-person shows again with uh, the mass releases of vaccines. So, we're, folks, the Earth we're is back. healing. We're coming back. The Earth is healing. We are the virus. <laughs> we are the virus. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to crack yes. open a pit to the famine wolf. Intro. Honestly, honestly, no. But this is good news, obviously, for everyone. Everything. Um, yeah, we're it's getting the let out. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I might be able to see thing. a show this year. Hell yeah, that'd be dope. Um, speaking of dope, the Killers have four new hot sauce flavors. Bro, what? No. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. God. 
Jesus. They're, the <laughs> the hot sauces are called Hot Fuss, Fire in Bone, Caution, and finally Blowback. Oh my. Well. Yep. We're here. Because I'm Mr. Hot Sauce. Well, good for the killers. Hey, yeah, I kind of want to try them. Dude, try them. I try them. How much? Um, are they? Actually, now I gotta check how much they are. The killers, hot sauce. Ooh, it's called thekillershotsauce.com. Ooh, and they're made and made by hand, apparently. Okay. Oh, dude, it's only sixty bucks for all of them. Oh, whoa! That's Yo, we cheap. doing a we doing a PM metal guide mukbang where we try the the killers hot sauces. I mean, we could. It would be horrible, but we could. And oh, Adam, if you want to, if you want to split it, I'd be down. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, um, and then the last news story I have that I thought was hysterical sure. is a uh, this dude Dennis Martinson made off made an AI that just writes gent songs. That's so stupid. <laughs> and it's so, so far, stupid. it's made 152 gent. Can you songs. send me that link? I need. I need to hear him. I need, I gotta hear him. The, it's dude. It's so funny. Actually, in a totally unre well, kind of related note, um, someone we know like fairly well that we went to high school with is working on making a music AI right now for his uh, thesis. I didn't know that. And oh, that's okay. really that's really. Do cool. I know who it is? Yeah, I'll type it in chat. But uh, so it's closer than you think. It's closer than you think. Uh, the future is. Oh, here. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, not yeah. Ten hours of procedurally generated gent. It's a lot of gent. It's funny because like, sure the tones are horrible because it's all MIDI, but like, it, it's it's so funny that you can boil down like the entirety of early 2010s gent to like an AI. Oh, seriously. You could totally like you could totally do this with black metal too. It makes so much sense. But they like they legitimately sound like bald demos. Like oh, yeah. if you Unless played these for now. me and told me, "Oh, these are just early bald demos," I believe you. That's hysterical, honestly. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Um, well, I have some, I have some release news. Yeah, um, hit me with it. Well, I know we don't like Entheos, but Entheos is back in the studio. Which Entheos? Uh, big Entheos. Little Entheos released an EP last year. It's probably that we big. didn't know about. Yeah, no. I, actually, let me go on Toilet of Hell because there were a few releases where I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, Grave Creeper surprise yeah, release. No, Grave Creeper tonight, right? Today, today, it already happened. It's already out. You know, I'll probably add it. Gate Creeper, one of those bands where like I feel like a normie every time I listen to them. We've seen them just... live. Yeah. Oh my. Okay, this album actually has a sick. Um. Is it a grind paper? album? It's half grind and half funeral doom. Respect. Exactly. Bingo. Mad respect. Moontooth is recording a new album. <laughs> stop, please. Uh, look, man. Adam, please stop this. I'm just saying. Um, there's. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh. Oh. Oh no. I just saw something that I hope is not real. <laughs> oh no! I hope Don't make me go on. Metal sucks. Oh god! 
So, there's a, there's a, um, oh man, okay, there's a new band featuring members of Trivium, wait, no, that's not, that's not right, no, Process, Fractured Flames, and Zero Thalmia, I don't, I don't know. Um, everyone, you've heard of Croesus. They're pretty of a big deathcore band, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. They've just members have just formed a new band called uh, Sozin's Comet. Oh yeah, I saw that. I think that's cool. No, it's cringe. I don't know. I, I can cringe. look, dude. Metal is inherently like the nerdiest genre. I see. I no get issue. metal's weeby, but I don't know. And dude, I'm gonna I mean, listen to it, and it'll probably be great. But that's beside the point. It's cringe. Eh, no, I feel you. All right. Um, um, what else? What else? For uh, well, I mean, I got the list of all the albums coming out this week. Like nothing that we really know about. Um, Thou comes out this week, dude. Thou, yeah, well, Thou the roof one. We got Molten, dude. New Tantivy. Um, new Funeral I, Tears. The ones that I've heard are really good i've heard uh weird tales is pretty good They're, they've got an ep coming out apparently it's strange, i saw that strange music um but yeah molten um fractal generator um let's see what else i got um there's a bunch dude there's an ocean themed tech death album coming out on friday Oh, it was by the band The Ocean. No, it's by a band called Devil's Reef. <laughs> dude, it's literally death metal for the fish. It's death metal for the fish. Oh, you know what we missed, dude? What? Senpai 3 came out last week. Senpai 3 came out? What? Yes. Dude, literally, what am I doing right I now? I know. Senpai 3 came out last week, and I didn't know. We're talking about C2I's Senpai 3. Full album. Full album. Oh my Apparently, god, it is a full album. It's not it's even great. it's not even yeah. an EP. It's not even an EP. It's Senpai. It's it's the big Senpai. The biggest Senpai. Dude, I'm sure it'll be solid. Oh, hey, I own Senpai 2 signed by C2I. I don't want to brag or anything. Yeah, we saw we we, we, we we saw that man live way back in the baby. Well, not that baby. Kind of baby days. Still baby days. Still baby enough days. But beside the point. Definitely Gosh, I'm gonna have to listen. listen to that. I have a few new albums. Oh, actually, you listen to the uh, the True uh, or the uh, More Jewelry album? Excuse me, More. Can you can can you send that to me? You've definitely seen it. More uh, it's like it's like No Wave. I don't know. Have I? Fantano, it was Fantano's number three of the year. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I haven't listened to it. But it is on. It's in my album. It's really Matt Most, it. the Consuming Flame, open exercises in group form. Matt Most put out a new album. That was that album. No, you're thinking. We're thinking of something different. No, that was more his number three. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, more jewelry. It was like his. It was in his top like ten, but it wasn't his number three. It was highly rated though. This album. Oh, gotcha. I really did enjoy this album. I thought I would, but it wasn't for me. More jewelry. More jewelry. More jewelry. Oh, jewelry. Yeah, true opera. Jewelry. I just I sent it in chat. No, I know. I thought uh, stupid. Um, it's like well, anyways, 
we're very aggressive post punk. Yeah, we're getting very off topic. Coma ecliptic cool. Yeah, Coma Trump cool. Drool. Yeah, Trump drool. Um, I don't know. Listen to those records that we told you to listen to. Um, and I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Oh my God, Sam! I found a Harry Potter themed black metal band. Stop! What are they called? I'm serious. It's called Slytherin. Oh they Jesus! Their, they dropped their they dropped their second album, um, like a few days ago. It's called When the Darkness Comes. I kind of hate that. the The first the first song, uh, first song is probably the second song is the Tale of Three Brothers. Okay, Tom Marvolo Riddle. <laughs> Lizards and Muggles, Forbidden Forest, Secret of Bellatrix Lestrange, Sirius Black, True Love of Severus Snape, and When the Darkness Comes. I know I'm going to be listening. It'll actually probably be decent. Yeah, you're probably right. But I thought it was meme worthy. Anyway. Well, thanks for that info, Adam. I'm going to treasure it. You're welcome. Do. Anyway, we've been PM Metal Guide podcast. Yeah. And he's Sam, and I'm Adam. And that, that's it, I guess. Bye. Bye.